Hey, this is Vicki. Welcome to Mission Smart Podcast. Um, today we're sitting here. David has a cup of coffee and I have a cup of tea. My throat's hurting and I think he's trying to get a little extra juice in his day. Yeah, trying to wake up. So we just wanted to talk about today, um, is God working? when? Because so often it looks like he's not or that he's actually allowing things that are cross-purposes to what we yeah. would think. We thought that is a challenge that is normal in life, not just in oh, missions well, yeah, In the Christian life. Yes. Um, I think we've, we've talked about it before. Sorry, not on the podcast, but Vicki and I have talked where expectations when we went overseas, what the way we thought God would work. Um, I think I had done maybe more study into how slow things were going and in certain contexts, in certain context of growth or people coming to Christ or sanctification. And maybe I knew this was going to be, we were in a hard area, hard field, a hard people group and that, um, anything was going to be a miracle, you know, and it was, as we call them, trophies of God's grace. That might have set me up a little bit better for... Yes, I-, I think I, on the other hand, was reading a lot of missionary biographies where the tribe comes to the Lord type thing, so, which is great. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, then there's all the ones where the whole tribe doesn't come to the Lord that they don't write books about. And then I think if we hadn't talked about it before, it's a good point to make that we've learned about our styles of I'm okay with being a part in a chain and just a little bit of time with this person and, and I'll just keep that relationship going or planning of just little seed planting spurts, you know, and I think, right, you, Vicky was feeling a little bit more like I like to work in um, intensive, you know, like a, I remember in, when we were yeah. overseas, a training, a weekend, uh, a project. You were, and I think. I do tend to work more that way. Yeah. And then also, I think there have been questions of, you know, what did we do? Did we see God work when we were there? And I think we look back and see things a little different. Sometimes you, you say, what did we do? And of course, I'm okay with all the hundreds of people we touched, and we'll never find out what God has done until we get to heaven. Some came back and said, thank you. Right. And yeah, some, some do. Yeah. Some, you saw some change. Some dear friends that we're still dear friends with today. Yes. And yet some, you, you can question, but anyway, that's just different style maybe, or personality, or I don't know. I, I think our personalities interacted with our situation in different ways. But one of the factors that is huge in it is asking the question, God, where are you here? Why aren't you here? Are you here working? Um, I think we used to say, we know God is at work. His word tells us. Why isn't he working here at this particular place in what I'm trying to do? That was what I used to say. I'd hear about God working in other countries with other peoples. And as Vicki said, you would hear letters of people or books and stories and people movements and, you know, they would say they were looking, they found their man of peace. And, and then things just dominoed. And we said, where is that man of peace? I've been looking where for Where did him. he go? I'm working 
my tail off here to find that guy or girl. So I think we, I think the context we were in, you know, the particular religious group we were working with already, we should know was going to be slow. But I think this is a, it's a bigger question than that. It is when we're reading scripture and we see that we see verses where God says, you know, pray and ask. Um, I will give you the desires of my heart. I'm working. My word does not return void. Mm. All of the mm. scripture that's so common. And then you are, you know that that is truth. It's true. But it doesn't look like it's true. It It is, you have mental, you mentally accept yes this is this is true and that's where you live but there also is a time when that acceptance it has to go deeper and more well circumstances experiential circumstances are telling you otherwise yes and maybe we used to say over in the west here in the west sorry maybe they're they're actually seeing you know like people joining the church or people showing up at meetings and you've got bigger meetings and you see a large group of people and you start thinking you have that maybe it's a false confidence that God is at work here look there's churches and I heard there's a new one planning out here in this suburb but when you're overseas it can look a little more yeah bleak slower slow smaller numbers remember where you know so much of it is tied to how hard it is to break into a new culture and for certain religious groups or people groups to actually choose some this radical decision. Coming to Christ in the West and choosing to be a follower of Jesus, often you don't have to greatly suffer. But in so many of these places in the world... Maybe more is, than you did 50 years ago. Yeah. You suffer now just because of the culture change. But But still, it's not... And I don't know if we've had a podcast on discouragement, but that that's what we're talking about is just, is, is God at work? And we used to often say people would, when people left, we thought, I wonder if they just are tired of how slow it is. <laughs> and they're just saying, we feel the Lord is leading us home right now because um, it. It is a challenge when you look at the circumstances and, you know, you hear the three step forward, two back. I mean, people that you think know the Lord and don't, they come back and, you know, we, we don't believe people fall away. We believe they, they had ever were. And so all of those dynamics were probably challenging what we knew in, in our, what did you say? You knew in your mind was true. Right. And a lot of this has we've been talking lately about the whole idea of engaging the truth of the gospel with we're, we're we tend in the west to engage the gospel more um with the left side of our brain more logically this is true so therefore we believe it that's also a generational thing probably with my generation this is true, so you just you just have to believe it. And I think that we may have missed out on at least certain veins of the church, may have missed out on some of the 
experience of that truth because we all know there's a difference when you know something and when you actually know it because you have experienced it. So it's the difference between saying that God loves you and you actually feeling the loving presence of God. And you can't explain that. It is a spiritual transaction um, that I think is very um, uncomfortable in in many circles. Or when you're able to look back, you know, life experiences, can you look back and you can evaluate it and you say, I see God at work. I think there were times when, you know, maybe we thought this person was walking away. And I remember one time, I think I told you, I said, I think, I think that girl's going to be back in our house one day. I think she'll come around or, I would mentally say to myself, if that person is a true follower, then they will be sustained. God will hold them. Perseverance. And it'll it'll work. And you said it, but then when you saw it, but you had to be there long enough to see people mm-hmm. come back and see yeah, people it was truth. see the truth. It, it was actually truth from the beginning. Yeah. But when you see it, you you that truth, it like it slips down from your head to your heart. I mean, I've recently just, this is across the board. This isn't just something in missions. It's just Christian life stuff. Um, As I've been watching um, my dad, who became uh, seriously ill suddenly, and I, my desire for him was that he not suffer. I just, and he didn't want to suffer. Um, did we mention? We, we did one on caring for parents, but did yeah. we mention that he passed away? He did pass away okay. um, in July of this year. Right. So that's a you know something new for me, experiencing the death of a parent. Uh, and I lost my mom back in? March. March. So, so it's been a, it's been yeah. a year. Um, and sometimes um, the decisions that were made by doctors or whatever, I thought, oh, I just don't know that we should do this because this is just going to prolong this. But or he'll suffer. He's going to suffer and be in the hospital. I mean, you know, it's no small thing to realize you're going to be in the hospital for four months right. doing a certain treatment. Right. Um, waiting for results, waiting for it to get better. It's mm-hmm. not getting better. Now we have something else. Oh, well, we thought it was going to get better. Well, maybe it is. Well, maybe it isn't. Um, and it was very hard because nobody can give you a definitive answer on any of those things. But as I'm looking back over the entire thing now, I feel like God is given a glimpse of some of the purposes that he had in the last few months of my dad's life and that in order for those higher purposes, you know, the, the verse I guess I've thought of is his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, that concept of we don't always understand what he's doing. I've known that. I mean, I've known that since that's, you know, Christianity 101. He's got some stuff going that we don't always see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like he allowed me to see some of it. Now, many, many times when they're suffering, I don't think you get any answers till heaven. Um, I don't think you always see on this earth why purposes for things. Um, 
And but I don't want to minimize anyone's suffering by saying that. No, but you were able to see this. But this, this was, was a, a gift. A true lesson life. It, it was. So what, what God did in letting me see that some of the relational purposes, some of the things that, conversations that were had, the relationships, not just with my dad, but amongst the rest of the family and some of the things that God was teaching each mm-hmm. one of us mm-hmm. were setting us up to move forward in this new stage of our life in um, in a place of strength that would not have looked the same had those decisions that led to some suffering, physical suffering for my dad, uh, been different. So I, I'm just, yeah. I look at it, and at the time I was a little bit put out by some of the decisions because I felt like, this is going to increase his suffering. But now seeing all this, God allowing to see it. Wow. God had higher purposes. That suffering was not needless suffering. There was purpose in it. And I know some of those, and it's a treasure trove to me of the loving kindness of God that was willing to allow this suffering for all of us while accomplishing these enormous huge spiritual things in our lives that are that are going to ring ring out and influence us for the years to come wow but i didn't see it in the middle of it and i just think that's the way life usually is you pray you ask god but you have to trust that he does have higher purposes i remember how hard you were working to keep the medical people on the ball and, you know, keeping to what their word, what they're going to do. And you asked so many questions and you researched and you did all you could humanly possible. And yet there was that aspect of, um, you know, if this happens, then this is what's going to happen. And, and these people are going to suffer or, or, and, it was hard to to be reminded that there was a there was someone above the hospital. There was someone above all of it, with the purpose and the heart of good. I, you know, the C.S. Lewis quote in the Chronicles of Narnia that um, that he that Aslan is not safe, but he is good. That he is not a tame lion that you can control. I would say that concept, now I have a deeper, based on this experience of the last six to eight months, a much deeper faith in that and understanding of it. there's There's no new knowledge. There's just experience and understanding a spiritual transaction has taken place, which is now translating into other areas of my life where I don't understand what's going on. I don't like it one bit. And it's being reminded. It's the peace now resting in that peace of God really does have this. Mm -hmm. And we probably wish we had known that deep truth more when I was 28. Um, and I just, it, it doesn't seem like 
going to just let you get it all at the beginning. No, because it is not about a the the Christian life whether you're living overseas as a missionary or a professional or you're living in where you're from or wherever you are, it's not about a download of knowledge. It is about a living and active relationship of love and trust. And that takes time to build. And God is faithful to build it. And, you know, I'm 55 and still learning this. And I'll keep learning. And I had a modicum. I mean, I think we, we talked about this often when we were overseas. You know, you walk down the street and you look in every direction. And there are apartment buildings you know, eight stories tall in every direction for as far as you can see. And you realize there might be one person in all that that knows Christ. Maybe. Maybe. And so is there the weight of that would crush you if you Mm -hmm. didn't have a sense that God is above this and calling his people out and we'll do it. We'll accomplish it. And we'll accomplish it. I think we sometimes, you know, as people are preparing to go overseas, sometimes they they falsely assume, okay, I we have faith, we are called, we're going over to see God work. And we say, I wonder why they can become discouraged over there or find themselves getting burnt out, or maybe it's because they forgot it's a journey. And that I had someone tell me, your first years on the field, by the way, God's mostly working on you than on the people you're trying to reach. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to hear, no, I'm an equipped soldier here. I have all my gear. I've been through my training. And maybe that's an American approach to things. You know, you show up at a site, you better have all your tools. You know, you've gotten your training. This should work. Well, and, and you should be able to write about it. And you better show us that you are worth your... Worth your while. Right. Worth, your, worth us supporting and so you. so you make these big goals... And, and big things of what you're going to do. And, of course, I'm sure God is chuckling. And, by the way, most other cultures are chuckling at you because you don't know <laughs> anything about what you're going into. You well, know. and so many of the goals that people have are dependent upon a work of God that is a spiritual work. You, you, you can't you make can someone make grow that. in That's the right. faith. You That's cannot right. make them believe. That's you cannot right. make a church form. And so often what we're trying to do in what we do with our ministry is to try to prepare people to have a healthy approach to, yeah, setting realistic goals, understanding that this is going to be a process for you to learn a language and a culture is going to take time. You're going to stumble. A lot of your preconceived notions and expectations about what you're going to do and how it's going to look, we all want that figured out over here. I, I was just, we were just talking to a person who's engaged to getting married and we said, you know, of course marriage is different from going overseas, but we often have compared to what we do in the sense of premarital. It's kind of like pre-missions <clears throat> coaching or training. And so, yes, the garbage truck is here. You can hear it in the back. Sorry about that. Um, but what we're trying to do is set their expectations up. And I, I remember saying to this person, it's so important. It's equally, imp- okay, the covenant you're making and knowing what you're getting into is super important because you're going to stand there and make a promise before God and people. 
But what's equally important is your willingness to embrace a journey of learning and knowing that while you're 26 and you think I love this person and I'm, you know, I'm going to we're going to grow old together, you're going to run into complications. And it's not going to take long, but are you willing to seek help? Are you willing to reevaluate and say, okay, this is what I assumed about what a husband or a wife or what I thought you would do. And so we're doing the same thing with missions. I don't, I think we've got it really built up high that God is going to work and God's going to do something through us. And that's why we're going. So please support us. That's setting us up for a big disappointment for ourselves. We've talked a lot about the pressure that we put on ourselves and we're glad. Well, and then, and that promotes the embellishing in prayer letters that promotes the hiding of the ugly, the real real and the ugly. Oh, you know, we got stuck in this one because of a visa issue. You know, we got stuck here for three weeks and couldn't even get in. And nobody wants to know that you spent three weeks doing nothing or or in in you spent a week fixing a toilet or you didn't get enrolled in the language that school that you thought or you had to change remember when we dropped out of one program and be like okay how are things going with language well let's don't give into details because life is bumpy and messy you remember you oh yes i refer to that book i did a few years ago i read a book by the founder of operation mobilization um, george verwer and it was titled messiology (laughs) and i just the title alone made me love the book um because Missions is messy. Missions is messy because missions is done by people People. and people are messy. And we sin and we do things wrong and we don't use wisdom. And sometimes we do use wisdom, but it's not going to be this perfect um, Instagram feed of glory to glory in real life. That's that's not the way it is. Or like the way we sometimes see people's Facebooks. If all we... If we said, what are they doing in their lives? They're winning 5Ks, going to the Grand Canyon, um, went on a cruise. Is that what you do? with your? No, that's not my life. Okay, but that's just what I post. Yes. And so missionaries sometimes write newsletters that are high and mighty because you want to know God's mm-hmm. doing amazing things. Well, and sometimes, to be honest, with, with larger organizations who are wanting... They want to attract big, big donors. Not we're not talking about individuals here. We're talking about big time organizations. Or a church wants to look like you know they want big. They want to look like they're the are, place that it is that is happening. They're doing it. They're doing it. So please. Um, and then the big donors will give, and <laughs> um, that is just setting you up for. Well, see, it puts a pressure on the missionary as well. Well, it's setting you up to hide sin. Yes, it's setting you up to hide failure. It's That's setting right. you up to do, use power to make things happen because those things have to happen in order for the donor to give. But that's affecting what we've been talking about with your faith struggle is because if you're writing a letter and only trying to mention all the good and you're actually feeling that you're struggling and you're in a ditch and things aren't moving as fast as we had hoped, then you're living these dual lives so that when you do come back for a visit, you feel like, okay, I haven't really been totally honest. So... I think the key is setting yourself up for a healthy pace, not putting those goals out there that are going to lock you in. 
I mean, we often would tell people. I mean, goals you can't control. No. You know, what is your goal? I would sometimes tell them, make both of you find a good, you know, living rhythm in life, taking care of your wife and if you have children, and then progressing in language, giving yourself, you know, a lot of time to get to start learning the culture and the language. Quit. I usually tell churches, leave them alone for a bit, you know, or an organization. Don't keep bugging them. Shipping them around to conferences and things. Let them stay at this because it's a it's going to be a process. And I think if you realize that, Vicki, we'd like to have said when people leave, we like to have thought, well, these are our best, you know, and these are our, our SEALs, Navy SEALs. So let's send them to the field. That's only setting us up for struggles. So what we're saying is we got over there and we were having our own faith struggles, you know, two years, four years, six years. You're asking yourself, gee, I thought that person actually knew the Lord. I thought that person was a missionary, so he wouldn't be acting like that. I thought I thought those people would stay. I thought I would be a little more victorious. I thought these people would be a little more grateful that we're here. I thought I would be a little more special. <laughs> and, I, and, and sometimes, like, what are you doing in my country? Why are you here? Why are you over here? You're like, whoa, 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 this is interrogation. I'm, you know, I'm a pretty big deal back where I come from, you know. And, <laughs> and over here, it's like. And so I think you and I went through roller coasters of. Oh, so many. And sometimes, and you're affected by circumstances. You know, you're seeing someone. I remember some highs thinking, I have done it. I have found this guy and he is really, he's like my blood brother. And this is real Christianity. And then, you know, Oops. I remember when he would act like a complete jerk to the other believers. And of course, pies in my face, like, is this your friend? You know, <laughs> you're wanting to go uh, work in progress. And then you realize, why do I have, no, he's not my guy. I remember, no. he, I remember one time a guy said to me, hey, are you, is it, are you do you have plans for me? And I thought, why are you asking me that? Well, I don't know. I I see these people planting churches, and I see these. I see sometimes people. So are write you on grooming a, me to be a pastor yeah, or they something? They would write maps of a city, and of course, a guy would go, "That's scary. You guys are mapping a city out." And so he thought, "Do you have plans for me?" And I was like, "Oh my goodness, no!" And then you realize way back in your head, "Of course, I have plans for you. Y'all are a miracle." You're like one in a million. But it was uh, our friends there taught us not to have plans for them. That God right. God has to direct their steps. And we learned that. And we learned it. And that was when it went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And I'm just saying that there are ways to engage. And we need to do a podcast on this. Just ways to engage with God that are not left-brained, that are more right-brained, that can help us in this journey. And of course, God in his spirit is helping us in this journey. He's with us in this journey. He's got, he's going to get you where he wants you. He's going to take you down paths of learning and he will be faithful to do that till the end. I often would say it says in the Bible to make disciples in fact, I don't even see if there's a place where it says plant a church. But we know that part of discipleship is planning. 
But often what we're supposed to be doing is being a light, living out Christ, speaking of Christ, and loving people, letting God build his church. And so I think I think it took time for me to look back and see, like you said, Vicky, experientially, he is building it. When I would meet, when I would see a guy and I'd say, When when did how long have you known the Lord? Five years. And I'm looking at this guy, and he's had no monetary incentives. He's not tried to get his ticket to the West, you know, or anything. And I'm saying, wow, that's a work of God. Man couldn't do that. The busiest Mm -hmm. missionary in the world, best speaking, you know. And so, but I didn't get that at first. I couldn't have gotten it. And God wouldn't have said, I'm not going to download that experience into your life on your second day. I wanted it, but I guess I had to fumble a bit and I had to have these wrong expectations. And then I had to say, okay, I will trust you that you really, what, what I've said all along, God is sovereign. He's building his church. I would say it in front of churches. And yet, like you said, Vicki, in the experience, you had doubts and circumstances told you different. But this is the the, the journey. God's goal is not for you to go do that work his goal is your journey to walk with you as you go and do the things that he's asked you to do however those things turn out um he does have good works for us to do but but the good works aren't the point the point is knowing him walking with him growing in trust with him yeah this is good for us to realize it was an it was a journey and we're still on it. I mean, for you to be re-reminding of these things as you walk through this experience with your dad. Um, we're gonna get more of these. We'd like to say, all right, Vic, have you clicked that box? Have you learned Learn that? that lesson? Let's don't go Check. back there again. <laughs> no, it's no learning truths in the Christian life is like peeling an onion. You get a layer off and, and then you another layer and then another layer. I think it keeps going until the day you die is when you get to the middle of the onion. So this is about walking by faith every day. Yes. And we're going to try to think of some ways to, to in the next podcast probably, to talk about engaging with God in ways that maybe are a little less traditional. Okay. To try to get that knowledge from head to heart. All right, Vicki, thank you for sharing. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Thanks for listening today. Feel free to email us with your questions to david at esionline.org. It's always encouraging to hear from our listeners how God is using this podcast. Our ministry is called Equipping Servants International, which exists to equip churches, organizations, and individuals to reach the nations both at home and abroad. Our desire is to see people better equipped when they leave be able to thrive and be effective on the field, and transition back home well. Our book is called Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, and it's available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.